Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. I had a hard time naming today's episode because there's so much going on throughout all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. So we're going to talk about all that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page on Facebook Live, do so. Share it with somebody you think might like it, and give us a thumbs up or interact with the video if you like it. Also available on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to that page and hit the thumbs up for the video. And hit the notifications bell also so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. If you've got somebody who you think might like the show that doesn't know about it, Share the link with them. Help us grassroot. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month, and there's plenty of stuff going on. So we're going to get to Curtis Wilkerson today here in a little bit. Curtis is on his way uh, to Jonesboro right now, but he's going to join us here in just a little bit. And I, I just wanted to – first, let's touch on baseball a little bit. Obviously, Arkansas, congratulations, won the SEC – uh, championship outright, 42-10 and 10 this season, 22-8 and 8 in conference, 10-0 and 0 in series. Just a remarkable season. That's beyond my abilities at the moment. Well, it's not beyond the abilities of the Razorback baseball team. Siri, thank you for chiming in. That's a first. So, Arkansas just finished off a sweep of Florida. Number nine ranked team in the country, six and one, four and three, and nine and three on Saturday. Next up is the SEC tournament. Games begin on Tuesday. Arkansas actually starts on Wednesday. So the seeding is as follows: Arkansas one, Tennessee two, Mississippi State three, four Vanderbilt, five Ole Miss, six Florida, seven South Carolina, eight Georgia, nine LSU, ten Alabama, eleven Kentucky, and twelve Auburn. Okay, in the first round, Arkansas plays the winner of game three. Eight Georgia versus nine LSU. That's on four th- that's at 4.30. I guess is that Eastern time? That's Central time, excuse me. 4.30 Central time on SEC Network. And then Arkansas will play the winner of that game. game it's game seven now. Uh, on Wednesday, May 26th at 4.30 p.m. on SEC Network. And that probably means I won't be on drive time because that game will be on the buzz. So, and then it's double elimination from there on out. So, it just trickles on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the championship game on Sunday. 24-7 Sports came out with an article predicting every game and how it's going to shake out. And they've got Arkansas. I'm just going to spoil it for you. But it's an interesting read because they – 
you know, they go through each game and how the matchups could be and all that stuff. But, you know, with the SEC tournament, you know, it's, it's been debated, like, should they even play it, you know? Um, and it comes down to it and the way they've predicted. Even though Arkansas beat Florida three times in a row, they've got Arkansas and Florida in the finals with Florida beating Arkansas. Upset alert. At this point, it's anybody's guess to how the pitching situation will look with these two teams. And I could I can see that a little bit. But, man, it's hard for anybody. It's hard for me to just not just pick against Arkansas the way they're playing. They've won, what, seven of the last, one, uh, seven of the last eight right now. So. so, that's SEC baseball. We don't usually lead off with baseball, but there's just so much stuff going on. They're playing so well. Everybody's excited around here. Finally got 11,000-plus in Baumwalker. Good stuff, as Curtis Wilkerson would say. And we're going to go to Curtis Wilkerson right now. For those of you who don't follow Curtis Good Stuff Wilkerson, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. He's been with us for, I guess he's coming up on a year now uh, with Curtis. He does a great job and uh, uh, is our main guy for Razorback basketball, baseball, and we're going to talk mostly basketball with him. He also covers recruiting, just just kind of does everything. Hey, Trey. Mr. Wilkerson, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Somewhere between, I don't know, Conway and, and E.B. making my way over to Jonesboro. Yeah, well, stay safe and uh, – Hands free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call. Uh, so, Curtis, um, a lot going. I just ran over like a lot of stuff going on with baseball. I don't know if there's anything you want to chime in with with what's going on with with Razorback baseball, but we just kind of went over the schedule coming up. What are your thoughts about uh, Arkansas? You you probably covered what forty of the games this year for Arkansas. What are your thoughts on this team right now? And and not not only that, but like you know, where they are with, you know, award season and, you know, Arkansas ought to clean up pretty well, right? Yeah, you know, you would think so. Uh, those awards should be released sometime. I, w- I would imagine this afternoon it usually happens before the uh, before the SEC tournament begins. And I actually just, just wrote an article about that. But it, it's kind of interesting with this team when you look at it on the surface and you think, well, you know, this is the, the team that's been number one you know, not only in the SEC, but in the country a vast majority of the year. Uh, they won the SEC outright by two games, swept uh, through the series, you know, won all 10 of their weekend series. So if you think that they're probably going to be very well represented, I'm sure that they will, but really I, I think what, you know, is kind of the DNA of this team is they're just so balanced and deep. And so, you know, what they might lack in terms of, you know, that one standout superstar kind of guy they make up for, you know, with an entire lineup of guys who are just really good. So I, I wonder, you know, what that means in terms of these awards. That, you know, you think about, you know, guys like Robert Moore and, and Christian Franklin, uh, you know, Casey Ovitz. You can keep going on and on. Caden Wallace, the freshman, Brady Slavens at first base. You know, all these guys I, I think are, are more than worthy of, you know, at, at the least making, you know, second team or, or hopefully a few of them first team all conference. Uh, but, you know, also be really interested about Kevin Cox. You know, you usually don't think about a reliever being a guy in the mix for, for you know, a, a pitcher of the year. But, well, I can't think of anybody who's having a better season. I wonder, you know, what kind of votes he's going to get for SEC player of the year because he's just been that good. Yeah, he has. 
Curtis Wilkerson joining us. And I saw something on one outlet. It was uh, – I think it was Saturday Down South where they had uh, – they picked – they picked uh, uh, Tony Botello to win SEC Coach of the Year because he'd done more with less. And I was just thinking, man, if Dave Van Horn doesn't win it this year – like, he's only won it one time. One time for all that he's done, he's won it one time. But – um, they were, you know, they. I think they gave Christian Franklin like best hitter, and uh, you know they had, you know, stuff for everybody, cops, and you know, everybody that you would expect. But I was just, I just don't see how you can't give that award to Dave Van Horn. Yeah, it's it's got to be Van Horn, and and that's not to take anything away from what Tony Vitello has done at Tennessee. I mean, he's really fast tracked turning that program around, and and obviously they've had a tremendous year, but you know. Van Horn, what he's been able to do, uh, you know, with this team, and Arkansas had to replace a lot. Now they're they're, they're not devoid of talent, you know. It's, a, it's obviously a, a deep team, but you know they're replacing a lot of guys who are playing professional baseball right now. Uh, and, and just given all the circumstances and, and everything that's been going on in this wild year, to to go forty two and ten, and, and to win the SEC outright, and to go on the road to Tennessee and take that series against the guy who's, you know, your main competition for that award, I, I, I would I would personally see it as a slight if Van Horn doesn't get coach of the year, but they don't let me vote. So, mm-hmm. so Curtis, uh, switching, switching gears real quick with you over to Razorback basketball, you've got uh, players reporting this weekend. Every, I mean, football too, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk basketball here with you. But players are reporting this weekend. That means D.C. Tony coming in. Uh, Stanley Amude coming in, Jackson Robinson, Chance Moore. Um, what what does that mean for those guys? Uh, what, what what are they going to be able to do with the team and, and things of that nature? Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see a lot of those guys start to get in. And, and at this point, I think the only one who hasn't arrived is the incoming freshman, Chance Moore. He graduates, I want to say, I believe it's on Thursday, and then he's going to be down over the weekend. And then, you know, they'll have the full squad accounted for outside of you know, whoever's going to fill those last, you know, two open scholarships, they're still working on now. But, yeah, it's, it's big. You know, they're getting ready to enter that, that summer school, summer session period. And Eric Musselman likes to refer to that time as training camp, you know, summer training camp. And they'll have that eight-week period where, you know, they'll have a, a finite number of hours every week. And in between, you know, some strength and conditioning work and, and weight room stuff and, and also – being able to get on the floor and have a limited amount of just some on-court skill work and instruction, that's where you can really just start to build the chemistry, you know, establish the culture, figure out, you know, who you've got and pieces you're working with. And it's also big for an Arkansas team who has a pair of new coaches and Gus Arginal and Keith Smart to start getting familiar with the program and and the new guys. So uh, really excited about that and, and anxious for them to get on the floor as we can start getting some reports and seeing how some of these new guys are meshing in with a strong core that Arkansas has. I mean, you, you keep looking at these early preseason polls and things like that, and, and Arkansas just consistently, you, you find them there in that top 10-ish range uh, with still, a, you know, a couple more additions to make. So mm-hmm. definitely exciting, even in the offseason. There's there's never a dull moment with an Eric Musselman basketball team, that's for sure. Absolutely, and I was going to mention that while they do have a couple spots left for basketball there. They're full on the coaching staff now with the addition of Keith Smart, who I don't know that we've really talked about him on the show yet. We didn't do the show last week, but um, really big hire for them. And, I mean, like when I look at the makeup like of the coaching staff and I look at the players on the roster right now, and they still do have a couple of spots to fill, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, 
I mean, they're pretty much consensus top ten. I think they have what it takes. I mean, you, you got to get lucky, obviously, to win a national championship. But they've got the pieces, don't they, Curtis? Am I wrong in saying, like, this team has a lot of pieces of what you would need to win a national championship? It's crazy no, to say that, but <laughs> you're you're not wrong at all. And, and yeah, you know, I think for so long now we've kind of hesitated to go that far uh, when it comes to you know maybe I don't know about making predictions, but just speaking on that because it's just been a while. Mm-hmm. And but you know you you look at it now and you know, with the run that this team was able to make last season, like you said, it, you know it, it requires a little bit of luck. And once you get to the NCAA tournament, it's all about matchups. Uh, but Arkansas and this team that they're building is—they're kind of building a squad that's going to be capable of matching up with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what style of play they're going to be facing. And, uh, you know, I, I think having that experienced core—you think about guys like Devo Davis and Jalen Williams, uh, J.D. Note, Connor Vanover. Those guys all coming back who have that big game experience now, and, and a lot of times you see. You know, the, the biggest strides are usually made from that freshman to sophomore year. So those guys are all going to get better. And then, you know, obviously you're replacing guys like Moses Moody and Justin Smith, but the additions they've made on the, in the transfer portal uh, so far, and, and again, we don't know who else they're going to add just yet. Chris guys an all-ACC point guard, just brings a different position than you've seen uh, from an Eric Musselman now we're losing Curtis. You going through a tunnel or something, Curtis? Uh, well, I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you have, still have me now? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, we missed okay. you right before right before you said all ACC point guard. Yeah, well, that's that's all that needs to be said about him. You know, it's a proven track record. You know, same thing with DC Tony, another guy who's done it in a power conference. Stanley Amude is arguably one of the better mid-major transfers that, that really fits the system. So. You know, it's, it's a it's a good good looking roster so far. They're deep. They think they should be good defensively again. Uh, and the only thing that I really look at right now uh, is do they have enough depth in the front court? You mm-hmm. know, you got Jalen Williams. Depending on the matchups, Connor Vanover, you, you don't know if you're going to be able to play him a lot or not. And, and Kamani Johnson, kind of an undersized power forward. And that's all you have. And and you know, if you're going to play a, a perimeter style with a lot of four guard lineups. That's okay. You still like to have a little bit of depth there. So I'm anxious to see if they still want these final spots uh, with a big man or, or, you know, a forward of some sort. And, you know, then they're looking really good. And, and every bit on paper, a team that should be able to make it as far as they did last year or further. So, again, Curtis Wilkerson joining us here. And that's been kind of the concern that, that um, some national analysts have pointed out to, you know, like what's the front court look like from a depth standpoint. But, um these last couple of spots, are you hearing anything? Is there anything that we should be watching out for? Anything coming down the pipe? Who, who might be some, some options out there? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, a lot, of, a lot of what's been going around lately kind of centers around uh, those typical guys that you see muscling going after, those you know, pretty long athletic, versatile wings. You think about a guy uh, like Bryce Hamilton out of UNLV, who's one of the top scorers in the Mountain West. It's somebody that Arkansas has been on uh, for quite some time. And obviously there's the, the connection there from Musselman's days coaching in the conference. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. You know, a guy like even a Marvin Johnson out of Eastern Illinois, kind of that Dylan Tate mold, uh, six six long point guard skill that they can defend. And he's been a guy that, you know, has been on again, off again as a target uh, really since the NCAA tournament was going on. And, and that's another option there. And, and then, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks here, you've seen Arkansas get more involved with reaching out uh, to some big men. So, again, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. You think about a guy like uh, Greg Lee uh, from up in uh, Central Michigan, 6'9 guy that can stretch the floor a little bit and bang and rebound. Uh, you know, the, the center out of SMU, his name escapes me at the moment, but that's another guy. So, you know, everybody that enters that portal, they're reaching out, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure they're going to find the right fit. And you would imagine that at least one of those spots is going to be still pretty soon. So, Curtis, uh, I guess last thing we'll leave you here with. Um, next week, Tuesday, I guess, the first is the opening of the – or the closing, I should say, of the dead period. The dead period has lasted 14 and a half months at that point. And Arkansas is like right out of the gate. They're going to have uh, 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 visitors in and like uh, several four-star types. Darren Ford's another uh, one of them, uh, Barry Dunning. Like, just can, uh, tell us what to expect a little bit with this opening. It's kind of like a gap. You got, you know, Ford coming in and Dunning coming in like right after him. And then there's like this big gap. I think the 22nd is the next guy, Ramel Lloyd, Jordan Walsh. Um, and Kajani Wright coming in uh, at the end of June, who's a five-star out of California. But um, what do you what do you think um, is shaking out with all that? And you've got a few unofficial visitors coming in also, and some guys that are also working on some dates. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and, and it's true there is a little bit of a gap there, and maybe that serves as a time where they can fit in some other visits because there are you know a few other guys that they're trying to fit in. And, and if they can get them in in June, great. If not, maybe a little bit later in the summer. But you think about, uh, you know, a JoJo Hunter out of mm-hmm. California looking to work out a date with him, Aiden Shaw, uh, a 6'8 small forward out of the Kansas City area. Those are two guys that have indicated to me, at least, that, you know, they're interested in setting up the visit sooner rather than later. And, and there's, you know, a good handful, a good handful more uh, that are probably interested in doing the same thing. But, yeah, you know, kick it off with Darian Ford, 
know, that that's big. You know, the, the first day available, and you get one of the top in-state prospects uh, in the 2022 class that, that we've talked about so much. It's just so loaded. Uh, to get him in there and get the first visit, he's going to do a list cut here soon. Mm-hmm. Arkansas in good position there. So I, I think it's big to get him on campus right away. He'll be sharing a little bit of time uh, with Khalil Ware, the yeah, 6'11", on an unofficial visit, yeah, he's going to be there on that first day too, and in, in a you know more limited capacity. So, you know that's good. You talked about Dunning, uh, which is you know his recruitment with Arkansas has kind of flown under the radar. You know he's got a lot of he's an Alabama guy, and they're on him, and Auburn and Ole Miss and Memphis, but Arkansas has been all over him for a while now, and, and they get the first visit there, which is good to see. So, uh, in good position there. And then you mentioned later in the month, you know you got Ramel Lloyd coming in the 22nd through the 25th, I believe it is, and he's going to announce his commitment on the 28th. So, uh, you know, Arkansas might be fresh on his mind when he makes that decision, so you would think that that would only be something that could vote well uh, for Arkansas to, to kind of get the last look with him before he before he announces. So uh, that's interesting. You know, getting Kajani Wright on campus as a five-star, nearly a top-ten guy at this point, uh, all the way out from Los Angeles, that's huge, you know, and, and people think, you know, maybe it's a long shot that Arkansas could pull in a guy like that from the West Coast, but he didn't include him in his top seven for no reason, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's, you know, already committed to coming down on campus. Uh, that's that's where it starts, right? That's the first step is to get him down there, let him get a bit of a vibe for what they can expect, uh, you know, if they choose to make that decision. Uh, and then you take it from there. So, you know, Arkansas is in a good position. Jordan Walsh is a guy that I'm really high on. Uh, I think he's a good player, and, and his stock's really taken off. And he announced last week that he's going to be making a visit, too, there at, at the end of June. And, uh, you know, they just keep reeling them in. And, you know, obviously, you want to keep the talent in state, you know, within the borders of the state. Mm-hmm. And, and they're making every effort to do that. But, you know, either way, Arkansas is just so involved with, with just more – you know, highly valued prospects than, than really we've seen in a long time. So regardless of whether they're from Arkansas or, or Texas or California, anywhere else, got to feel pretty good about the situation they're in as they look to build some of these guys in. Yep. And uh, Deshaun London just recently had an article on JoJo Hunter and Aiden Shaw, both those guys still working on dates. And Layden Blocker, one of the best names in basketball, 2023, uh, coming up yeah. also for an unofficial visit on June 5th. All right, Curtis, anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. I think we nailed it, man. <laughs> All right, brother, we'll be safe out on your trip to Jonesboro, and uh, and good luck with everything you guys are dealing with down there, certainly keeping you and uh, your family in our thoughts. Uh, I will do, and I, uh, I appreciate that, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, bye, Curtis. All right. Yeah. All right, that's Curtis Wilkerson, man. Just does a fantastic job. So we added Curtis – about a year ago, just in – I mean, I don't, I'm not tooting my own horn because Curtis is, is Mr. Basketball now. I mean, he's, he just does a great job. But um, just saw a need to increase our basketball coverage with everything that Musselman was doing, and it just felt right. And, uh, and Curtis, man, he was just – he was right there. And, uh, you know, Curtis was actually the first guy I interviewed, and I had 14 interviews that day. And um, after our interview, I was like, well, Man, I got 13 more interviews to do. This is the guy I'm going to hire. I mean, I, I was pretty pretty sure. So, as you can see, he he knows his stuff when it comes to Razorback basketball. Does a great job for us. Okay, so not only are uh, 
you know, basketball recruiting, you know, all that stuff going on. But you also got football recruiting. Uh, the first weekend they're going to have guys on uh, June 4th through 6th for official visits. There will be – I think there's like – three four-star recruits coming in that first uh that first grouping uh led by miles rouser who's already committed to arkansas there's a couple of guys in there to watch for possible commitments arkansas is currently 12th in the country 12th is that right they're fifth in the sec i think they're 12th right now in the country in recruiting um they're not going to stay there they're going to have i mean they'd have to reel in some really big fish they're fifth in the sec right now um, they're ahead of schools like alabama auburn Tennessee, you know, some schools that are probably going to end up at Florida. You know, those schools traditionally pass Arkansas, but there's also Kentucky who Arkansas can pass. Um, so, you know, I could kind of see them finishing, you know, somewhere around eighth or so in the SEC. And, and you know, never, you never know. You know, Auburn may not close the gap. You know, who, who knows? Uh, but the next weekend is June thir- 11th through 13th uh, with several visitors. They got three more four-stars coming in that weekend. I think like eight guys total. Uh, Alex Pachetta also is the number one kicker prospect in the country who's not, not you know, obviously kickers aren't a four-star recruit. So those are the two big weekends they have coming in. Um, yeah, that's where they are right now with, uh, with football. So recruits coming in, football camp schedule starting right after that, right after, you know, we, we finished that. You've got, you know, June 12th or right in the middle of it, June 12th, you've got their youth camp. You've got the seven-on-seven and seven lineman camps, June 14th, 16th, 22nd, and 24th through grades 9 through 12. You've got the high school camps, June 17th through 19th through grades 9 through 12. Specialist camp on June 20th, grades 9 through 12, and post-grads. You're a post-grad, you can come in. So that's Arkansas's camp schedule right now. A little bit different setup. You know, Pittman, this is his first series of camps, and every coach has a little bit different uh, name and a little bit uh, different way how they they want to do things, but um, Arkansas is also you know with um, the players, the football players. They're also they've reported they would have checked in like Sunday, I guess, and then today they start voluntary workouts. So they'll go through an eight week uh, summer conditioning cycle, and that's going to take them about up to about two weeks before the start of fall camp you know so they'll they'll have a little bit of a break before they jump right into it but doesn't sound very far off does it I mean from today eight weeks of this training cycle a couple weeks then fall camp SEC media days is what mid end of mid I think what is it I don't have the exact days in front of me but it's like I want to say like the 17th or something of July somewhere around there you know I mean, it's a four-day event, but it'll be here before you know it. I've been working on some articles about the second-year Razorbacks. This is something I kind of do every year. But, um, you know, when you look at Arkansas's second-year players, there's a lot of guys that are going to start factoring in. And, you know, you go from – like, I'll name a few of them real quick, okay? So just some guys to watch, just some of the guys at the top of the list. But there's 16 of them. 16 guys who are either redshirt freshmen or sophomores who were also with the team last year. So, like, I didn't include Takias Crawford. I didn't include, uh, you know, Trent Gordon because he's a transfer. Takias Crawford's a second-year player, but he was at Charlotte last year. So, we just went over the 16 guys who arrived early. So, 
I'm doing it. I'm breaking it down in, in groups of four. Miles Slusher is my number one guy, and it's based on their potential to contribute next season. Now, Slusher was rolling. He was with the white team defense, which means he wasn't with the first or second team. He looked like the only – to me, he looked like the only starter on the white team defense. I think at some point during the season, we're going to see Slusher emerge as a starter, either at safety or at cornerback. At some point during the season, we're going to see that. He started two games as a true freshman last year. I just think he has a ton of ability. It's incredible what Arkansas has done recruiting safeties these past several years. You start back with Monteric Brown, who obviously moved to cornerback, but you know then you brought in Joe Fouché and Miles Mason. Miles Mason's since transferred out. Um, but Fouché, I mean, both those guys were really highly regarded. They weren't four stars, but they were really highly recruited. Uh, you know, then you get Jalen Catalan, Miles Slusher. You've got Miles Rusher, uh, Miles uh, Rouser committed right now for the next class. And what is going on with Miles? Like, can anybody name a Razorback player named Miles before this? Before like Miles Mason came on? So you had Miles Mason come on again, who's since transferred. You got Miles Slusher. You got Miles Rouser coming in. They're all safeties. Was there like? Was there somebody named Miles like 18 years, 18, 20 years ago that's super famous and everybody started naming their kids Miles? It's interesting how that happens, but a lot of Mileses, and they're all safeties. So, Miles Slusher is my number one guy. My number two guy is Kari Johnson. Now, Kari, I think, is a guy that can push also, and he saw a good bit of action last year as a true freshman. He's an interesting guy because – he was not heavily recruited at first. He was kind of like a late bloomer, excuse me, in recruiting. And he's all the way up at Suffield Academy in Connecticut. He's originally from Boston. He's not highly ranked in the Boston area. And then Arkansas comes in and offer, and then Georgia comes in and offers. And he ends up playing the good bit for him last year. You know, he's a guy that I think could maybe challenge Hudson Clark or, um, you know, I think he could push a little bit for some playing time. Deshaun Stewart is my number three guy, 6'2", 240, strong side – or a defensive end, sophomore defensive end. So, Stewart's interesting because he's built like a linebacker. He's not even long – like he's 6'2", but his wingspan is six foot and a half. So, he's kind of got short arms. This is, a you know, from the opening. It's a, it's a measured tight. So, he's 74 inches tall. He's 72 and a half inches long, which usually doesn't work out like that. Built like a linebacker, but the mentality is all defensive ends. One speed. He's a four-six-one verified prior to his senior year at the opening regional. So he's got and four-one-four in the shuttle. Like he tested better than probably any defensive end in the country. The only thing knock on him was you know six-two, two-forty. But he's a guy that rotated in with the first group a good bit. You know, they've got about five defensive ends that I think they feel really good. I think they feel pretty good about Eric Thomas too. But um, he's one of probably, I would say, one of the top five ends and a guy that can hopefully bring a little bit of a pass rush, 17 sacks as a high school senior. My next guy was Marcus Henderson, number four. Now, backup offensive linemen don't play a whole lot, but he's going to probably be the swing tackle next year. Usually, like you know, kind of like to have one guy. It could be Takis Crawford too, but I think it's going to be Marcus Henderson because of his ability to play the left side. But he is kind of being groomed as a left tackle of the future. Played right tackle in the red-white game because they had so many injuries on that side. I thought he held his own pretty good against Dorian Gerald and uh, on passing plays, running plays. He struggled a little bit, but again, Dorian Gerald is a six-year senior who's healthy right now. Man, if he can stay healthy. 
I've got some other. I'll, I'll hand him my number five is Ja'Cory Turner, a guy you might not have heard a lot about. But um, so far I've gone through, I think, eight of them. I'll have uh, through number 12 today. You can read all of that on hogsports.com. Kind of a fun article because these are guys that, you know, you'd expect to start pushing a little bit if they haven't already. I also did this. I went through Arkansas starters and re-ranked every single one of them. Just to give you an idea of some of the things we've been working on. It's that kind of time of year for like top ten list and um, depth charts way down the line. I'll probably come up with a 2022 depth chart, to be honest. I'll probably do that. It's, uh, you know, I've got like a list of stories that I love doing every year during, you know, kind of the off season. Keep everybody interested. Keep everybody's mouth watering for football. But uh, I went through and re-ranked every single starter for Arkansas's football, broke down their composite ranking, their 24-7 sports rankings, all the top offers that they have, and then I re-ranked them and explained why I re-ranked them. And again, you can read it all. It's a VIP article, so you need a VIP subscription. It's only $1 right now for your first month, hawgsports.com. Check us out. I also rank my top 10 Razorback football players. I did this as a free article. I like to mix in. I'll mix in some free stuff here and there on these kinds of things. But if I put a lot of in-depth effort into it and a lot of thought, then uh, it's for our subscribers. So top 10 Razorback football players of all time. The first three were no-brainers. The harder part was maybe put them in an order. But I went with Traylon Burks, number one. Okay, you're starting to see him pop up as first-round draft pick on a lot of boards right now. It's a potential first-round draft pick. 51 catches, 820 yards, seven touchdowns last season. Number two is Jalen Catalan, freshman All-American safety. 99 tackles last season. He had one of the best statistical years in SEC history for a defensive back. Number three, Grant Morgan, first-team All-SEC linebacker. Now – I did have Burks and Catalan one and two, and they were second team All SEC. And I had Grant Morgan three, and he was first team All SEC. That's probably more from a upside potential standpoint. Like I can see Catalan going pretty high in the draft, and and certainly Burks. I think Grant has will get drafted, but he's going to get knocked on a little bit because he's not just a hulking linebacker. But the dude led the SEC in tackles last year with twelve point three three per game. K.J. Jefferson's four. That's a bit of a reach. It's a bit of a projection for an important position. Quarterback is an important spot. So I put him fourth just based on, you know, what he's done in terms of taking ownership of the team in the offseason, what his teammates are saying about him. His play in the Missouri game factors in. Four, a bit of a projection there. Five is Myron Cunningham, your left tackle, going into his third year as a starter. Six is Monteric Brown. Maybe I surprise some people. This is my opinion. I think Monteric Brown has the chops to play at the next level. I really do. Ricky Stromberg is seven. Another guy I think could possibly play at the next level eventually. Eric Gregory is another guy that I might surprise some people with. I look at Eric Gregory. I know how the coaches feel about him. He started seven games out of the nine games he played last season as a redshirt freshman. He can go inside or outside. He used to be a you know a, a four-two. Defensive tackle, a three-two-six defensive end, six-four, three hundred pounds. I like Gregory. I think he's got a shot to be really good. Isaiah Nichols is nine. Again, another guy who started seven games last year. Played at about two eighty. He's about two ninety right now. Six-three, two ninety. Plans on getting about over three hundred by the start of the season. And number ten A is Bumper Pool. 
10B is Traylon Smith, and I probably should have done a 10C, and if I did, it would have been Greg Brooks Jr. So that's my top. Maybe I should have just done Dandy Dozen or something like that. But that's my top 10, top 11 hogs. I've also got a breakdown on why Arkansas is going to have its best defense since 2014 next season. I said it. It's hot take season. That's not saying a lot. Now, that's not saying a lot. Now, you you go back to 2014 and Arkansas was ninth in either total defense or scoring defense, and they were 10th in either total defense or scoring defense, one or the other. But they were 9th and 10th in those two categories in 2014. 323.4 yards a game. Okay, that was 10th. So they were 9th in scoring, 19.2 points per game. And they have not been very good at all since then. I mean, at all. Now, you look back at last year, and there were some moments, and there's some reasons why I think that Arkansas can do that this year. First of all, the numbers aren't that dramatically better in 2020 versus 2019, but the difference in 2019 and 2020 is in 2020, Arkansas played the toughest football schedule in the history of college football. They played 10 SEC teams. This year, you know, they're going to replace, you know, Florida and I guess Tennessee uh, with, you know, they'll have Texas on there, obviously, but they also get, you know, Rice and Georgia Southern and UAPB, you know, so – that's going to help the help pad the stats a little bit. But if you look back at what Arkansas did those first six games last year, remember it started out with Georgia, held Georgia to five points. And, you know, Georgia didn't have who would eventually be their starting quarterback, still University of Georgia in the opener, held Georgia to five points in the first half. So those first six games, Arkansas allowed 401.5 yards per game and 25.7 points per game. Okay, so if the season had ended just at that, those totals would have ranked sixth and fifth national or excuse me in the sec six and fifth pretty solid right there upper middle of the pack the last four games last season arkansas gave up 527 yards 48 points this is what changed things and and made and dropped arkansas down now did the defense just get worse in a way you know you start we always talk about depth with arkansas you know you put that first group out there and hey that's pretty good looking first group but that's not how it's going to end at the end of the season you're going to have guys get banged up um you know all kinds of things like that you know so one of the reasons arkansas slid so bad those last four games is you know not just the injuries and they did have guys you know bumper pool and grant morgan or you know just battling through injuries and you know the lsu game you had uh, basically, your entire first and second team defensive line was wiped out due to contact tracing with COVID. I'm, I'm not even sure they should have played that game, but they did. And so, those last four games, so LSU decimated on the defensive line. And LSU just ran the ball almost at will and just converted dramatically high number of third downs. You also ran into Alabama. So you had the defending national championship, LSU, against, you know, a, kind of a makeshift defensive line. You ran into the University of Alabama, okay, who we know what they were last year. You ran into Florida. And then Missouri was just a utter shootout with 1,219 total yards and 98 combined points. So that's one reason injuries start piling up. You, you start to have more COVID stuff at the end of the year, and uh, you run into some pretty tough opponents. So – Given all that, what they return this year, I mean, they return nine guys who started at least like five games last year on defense. And you've got some other guys coming in who 
should push pretty good. You added John Ridgway, Markel Etsy. I read the comments. Trey Williams on the defensive line. I mean, that's an area that you needed. Linebacker, you've got those two guys, obviously. But, you know, Hayden Henry can be a good player for you. Get his shoulder back healthy. Levi Draper, who knows what you got. Maybe one of these young guys start emerging at linebacker. I think they're in pretty darn good shape at safety. I think you'd agree with me. Cornerback, you know, I think there's some opportunities for some guys to to emerge there. Safety's really strong. The middle of that defense, those linebackers, the middle with the defensive line, uh, and those safeties, that's right at the gut. You're really strong, and that's important when it comes to having a good defense. And I think they made some positive changes also in the offseason, adding Jermile Ashley, because I don't know that defensive end is necessarily a talent issue. I think there's there's some things they could have done differently with coaching. All right, where are we at with time here? Are we getting to questions? we got some time for some questions. I'm starting to feel my voice a little bit. Before we get to that, one last time, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways, of course, to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. I think we're creeping up on 85,000 follows on our Facebook page. So follow that page if you haven't done so. And throw us a thumbs up on the video if you like it. Please interact with it. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Interact with the video. Leave your comments down below on YouTube and throw us that like as well. And again, throw uh, you know throw a link to somebody you think might like it. You got somebody in your family maybe who's not computer savvy but is a big Razorback fan. Uh, let them know about the show. I think they'll appreciate you. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star rating, please do so as well and leave a review so others can know what to think. We certainly appreciate all that, and it really helps a lot on Apple Podcasts in terms of bumping the channel up. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. All right. Let me get a little sip of water here. Before we dive into the questions, what we got? Oh, we've got some kind of, uh, I don't know what that is. All right. Somebody's spamming us. We're getting, we got in spam. 4K, uh, dude. All right. Adrian Lamb says, in Salem Springs, loves hog sports. Thank you, Trey and crew. Appreciate that. Josh Salem says, we pick suey. I'm going to have to block this person for spamming us. Adrian Lim says, Razorback Stadium is going to be insane versus Texas. What's the biggest concern? Texas brings to the table that night. What should we worry, What should Hawk fans worry about? So, I haven't just dove into Texas yet, but I'll talk to our Texas guys. We'll get a better feel for that game. Probably do some, you know, off-season previews of games upcoming. But for those who don't know, 6 o'clock, ESPN. Razorback Stadium is going to be rocking. I mean, we know that they are starting to open up full capacity for all these things right now. So my thoughts on this game, and again, I can't go into the detail. I can tell you what I think Texas you've been concerned about. First of all, you've got a changeover with a new coach, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, you've got a new quarterback, and you're coming to Fayetteville in the second game. And the first game isn't a game you can just gloss over. You've got Louisiana. You know, they, they play pretty good football. So that's not a game you, you're just going to look over as a first-year head coach. That would be – Man, people wouldn't respond to that very well. <laughs> so, um, so game two for them is Arkansas. So they they can't just like spend all offseason focused solely on Arkansas. Uh, but 
that game could be really, really impressive. Now, if you go back to, I think it's 2010 Alabama game is the record for attendance in the SEC. That's before the expansion. It's back when they used to count, you know, all the players, ushers, media. They don't count all that stuff. They just count tickets scan now. So I don't know if they'll ever, ever break the record, but there's 76,500 for that game. The capacity of Razorback Stadium right now with the expansion of adding like 4,000 seats is 76,000. So it's never been full. They didn't fill it in 2018 or 2019. 2020 was COVID. So it's never been full. There's an opportunity there. September games, they've like it feels like they're always at three o'clock. And if you're sitting, you know, if you're sitting on the east stands, the sun is just blasting on you. And really now the new north end zone, it'll it's just blasting on you there too. So it's a three o'clock game in September, early September's you're just staring into the sun. I mean, six o'clock, it's a lot better. So Lisa Cup Hancock says, Love your take on things. Appreciate you, Miss Lisa. Les Kitchell says, Woo Pig Suey. Isaac Riley says, It feels like a really good time to be a Razorback fan, finally. It is. I mean, a lot of teams have been ranked. Baseball's going strong. I mean, baseball's got a shot. It feels like basketball's got a shot, man. I mean, like, I feel stupid almost saying it, but I think they got a shot. I really do. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I feel like they got a shot. <laughs> and then football's ticking up. You know, what will football do? What's the improvement for football? Is it six wins? To me, last year they won six. To me, last year they won seven. Auburn. And I will say this, when I was, like, factoring in those stats and I was saying the first half of the season, I counted 27 points against Auburn. I didn't, I didn't count 30. Will Lennox says, what's football recruiting look like and future commitments? Kind of, we went over that a little bit, uh, what's going on there. But it's it's a big month coming up, uh, June 1st, with the uh, the closing of the dead period finally, and then all those football camps and stuff. So definitely pay attention. That's something, I mean, like usually things kind of quiet down a little bit in June, but like with football recruiting the way it's been with all virtual stuff, and then finally that gets removed, I think there will be a lot of interest from Razorback fans that month. Wesley Harris says, think we'll fare okay in the SEC baseball tournament if we spread it out and use depth. Haven't played a ton since Connor Nolan pitched some, yeah. Will Lennox says, then what about base basketball transfer, latest news? We've touched that. I love when we touch on all the, the questions from earlier in the show. That question from 19 minutes ago. Curtis hit on that pretty good. Will Lennox says, any – and any uh, suspension news on Braden Webb? I haven't heard anything on that, on any suspension. We'll see. Mary Rose, like what you think, Trey. Appreciate that, Mary. I think you like my, my predicting as a, a possibility for a national championship. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us. Appreciate Curtis Wilkerson for joining us, too. Just a lot of good stuff. I had a hard time naming it, so I was just like, all things hogs. That's the name of the show today, just because – Usually I try to come up with something catchy, something catchy from in, in there, but I didn't want to leave out transfer portal stuff. I didn't want to leave out, you know, winning an SEC uh, championship and SEC baseball tournament coming up. I didn't want to leave out, you know, all the recruiting stuff with basketball. I mean, it's just too much. So it was all things Hogs today. All right, everybody, we'll be back with you guys on probably next week. It's possible I'll do a midweek. It just depends on what's going on this time of year. I usually – Try to do at least one show. We may bump it up to another one uh, later this week, but we'll definitely be back uh, on May 31st to uh, 
preview this, uh, the opening of uh, recruiting. We'll have Danny West on the show as well. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It's been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.